Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. What to do when God's not answering? What to do when God's not answering? Many of us, in fact, probably all of us, if we're honest, we go through seasons, times, months, some may say years or decades, when God isn't answering. He's not providing the answers that we would want. I think that some of the greatest lessons in life come in God's silence. Have a think about that. The times where you might not have heard from God, you might not have felt God, you might not have known his presence or known his voice or been able to really get that inspiration from him uh, for a long time. And sometimes it can make us feel dry. But in that dryness, in that desert land, we go searching for the oasis, don't we? We actually go and travel distant distances to actually recover what we've lost. And in that dryness, in that silence, it's the human pursuit of God that becomes a very powerful thing. And so I think that it's a lesson that we can learn from if we look throughout our lives. We can recall those times or maybe even... Now, maybe you feel like you're going through a a silent patch, a time where you're not hearing from God. Let me encourage you. He's doing good stuff anyway. He's speaking anyway. He's encouraging. He's building a reservoir in you that maybe you can't see. And so it's at these times when we need to remember some things. I want to share a few things, and I've picked three Fs, if that's okay. Three F words, and they will be encouraging. Um, fortitude, faithfulness, and fruitfulness. There they are, sermon done. Have a good day. (laughs) Now that's sure to get a round of applause. Remember, Jonah, I told you, if you keep it short, people will love it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous. Be strong, do everything in love. Courage, another word, a synonym, if you like, for courage is fortitude. Fortitude, we as believers need this quality. We need this trait in spades right now, don't we? Fortitude, courage. And it's one of these attributes that we have to dig deep for. It won't come easy. It won't just float in on you like a cloud. It's one that you've got to fight for and you've got to persist for. Fortitude, fortitude. Whatever you're going through today, whatever you're going through this week, let me encourage you that if you have fortitude, you will stand against the plans of the enemy. You'll stand against disappointment. You'll stand against opposition because fortitude as that word sort of brings up the mind of a fort, it's, it's a stronghold. It's a place of stronghold where the enemy may be coming at you with doubt and fear and anxiety and stress and pressure, but take heart. 
Take 1 Corinthians 16 on board today. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and strong. You may not feel courageous and strong today, depending on what you're going through. But you can stand on the Word of God. Be strong and courageous. Do everything in love. Fortitude. I've got a quote from Billy Graham that says, Courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. And this is so true, isn't it? And it may be something that we're standing for politically, uh, or it may be just something in your workplace or in your family, or just even of your own resolve you, you, you know is right to do, and you've got to stand strong. Sometimes we don't actually feel like it until someone else does. They take action and we go, wow, that was good. I like that. Praise and worship's like that sometimes. Prayer group is like that sometimes. Or just even being around other people. This is why uh, we make sure we don't allow toxic relationships in our life. And if you allow toxic relationships in your life, you'll find your fortitude gets eaten away at. You know, the bricks in the fort just start getting a little bit wobbly. So don't. Don't worry about saying no sometimes. Saying no sometimes is the best thing we can do because we don't want to allow toxic thinking, toxic voices into our life. What do I mean by that? Negative, poisonous uh, voices that are maybe manipulative or they bring us down. We want to stay strong. But to stay strong in this day and age, we need purity, we need positivity, and we need to be on guard. We need to stay strong. And so our courage will strengthen other people. We maybe we don't think about that enough sometimes. But when we take a stand, other people are watching. When we begin to pray, other people are watching. They're listening. When we begin to praise and worship, other people may need encouragement. We never know what baggage people come with to church or to our our house or to whatever gathering point or maybe you're just meeting them for coffee. You never know what that person's been through. And so our courage is needed in this day and age. Our strength, our resolve is really, really needed. Your prayer life, your voice, your love, your encouragement, your joy, all of it is really, really needed. And so don't limit the power of your voice. Don't limit the power of when you stiffen your resolve, when you get strong in something, don't limit the influence that can have because it is influential. And even if it just encourages one other person today or tomorrow, it's a good thing. Faithfulness. Robin Bertram says, Genuine faith comes from the iron smelter of affliction. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? Genuine faith comes forth from the iron smelter of affliction. Even my throat struggles to get that word out. <laughs> I don't like affliction. I don't know anyone here who does. Affliction, pain, perseverance, trials, sufferings. These things are one of those things that all humans go through at varying levels. But they are the iron smelter of bringing forth faithfulness. And that testing develops perseverance and produces endurance. And God loves this stuff. 
He loves it because our faithfulness is what we cling on to when everything else is letting go. So whatever you're going through today, don't let go of your faithfulness. Don't let go of your trust in Him. You never know what's just around the corner. You never know when He's just about to break through. You never know when God even is going to just sneak up on you and surprise you with something good or with a breakthrough or with an answer to a, a prayer of many, many years. You just never know what he's preparing and planning right now. I find it interesting sometimes when God answers prayers of 10 years ago that you've even stopped praying. But he's still faithful to answer them, isn't he? And, and if you look back years and years and years, you go, wow, uh, I'm glad he didn't answer certain prayers, but I'm really glad he's begun to answer these ones. God is faithful. He is so faithful. He's looking out for us all the time, ahead of us and behind us and our right and our left. And we can trust in him. We can trust in his word. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. God is like a, a really, really good feature in my Hilux vehicle. Let me explain that. We, when we're travelling on longer journeys, we have this um, radar sensor that will keep us in the right lane. And I've tested this. I've taken my hands off the steering wheel to make sure it keeps me in the lane. It slows me down and pulls me back into the lane. And it will tell me if I'm too close to the person in front. And so you can see how cars are just going to do it all on their own very soon. In fact, they already are. But, um, but this is exactly what God is like. If we will hold on to him and we will stay in the vehicle, he will then hold on to us unswervingly. He will nudge us when we're just moving out of the wrong lane a little bit or if we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves or too close to some danger up ahead. He'll be our radar sensor, just knocking us back a little bit. And uh, it's one of those things that when we look at in life, how many disasters has he prevented in our life? How many times has he stepped in and we were unaware where he just nudged us out of that lane because he said, no, don't go there. And sometimes we're buffets and we just sort of try and jump the lane and we just go through the radar system or you can actually turn it off and we just get through it anyway. And lo and behold, we find ourselves in the wrong lane and a car coming straight for us. And so hold on to him unswervingly. That means don't doubt that means don't shrink back, but have courage, take heart, be strong, be faithful, have fortitude. Because if God is with us, then who can be against us? If God is with us, if He really genuinely is with us today, right now, whatever we're going through really is very, very small. The enemy is smaller than we think. The problems are smaller than we think. We give problems and the enemy way too much credit sometimes. We give him too much voice. Sometimes we focus in on what he is doing so much that we forget that God is in control. The enemy's not in control. It's one of those things that sometimes if we, if we even over discern sometimes, our radar system will pick up bugs and gremlins that don't even exist. 
And yet if we just breathe in some goodness of God and we actually realize he's in control, he knows what he's doing, he's more powerful than any gremlins anyway that might be hanging around people or places. And so, we, I mean, I remember coming up to Halloween, uh, it's just been yesterday, um, I used to always have a little bit of a fear factor. And if trick-or-treaters came to the door with, you know, weird makeup on, I'd be like, oh, Jesus, you know, hopefully nothing sticks on us from those six-year-old kids who have no idea what they're doing. It's weird what we do sometimes in the name of religion, isn't it? God is way bigger than all that stuff. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? And so sometimes just standing in our authority, because remember, we're in the fort. We're in the fort. We're looking down on the enemy. He's not looking down on us. We're in the high places. And when we remember who we are and whose we are, to quote Leif Hetland, then we remember we have authority given to us by Jesus through his blood, through his body, which can actually stand in authority. We don't even really need to speak sometimes if there's this stuff. And so let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Fruitfulness. Here's an interesting one and just get your head around this. It's very short. Remind your mind to use his mind. Remind your mind to use his mind. It's a good thought, isn't it? Sometimes we've got to remember that we're putting on the mind of Christ, aren't we? We're not putting on a better version of our own mind. We're putting on a greater version, which is his mind. And when we put on the mind of Christ, we think differently, we see differently, we dream differently. We, we have a perspective that even our mind in its best form probably won't have. And so sometimes we need to remind our mind to use his mind, the mind of Christ. It's a powerful thing when we look through his eyes. When we see situations and people through his eyes, we see differently. And we see situations, we see solutions, not always the problems. I'm sure God is just fascinated sometimes by social media arguments. Uh, just just threads and threads and threads of social media arguments. You know, I think this, I think this, I think this, I think this, I think this. And, and it's like it, it, it proves nothing, it does nothing, it convinces no one. Uh, and yet so much energy. And it's just a little picture of what society's like. Uh, you know, back and forth, it's like a tennis match, tennis match. I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. Uh, and, and really... It ultimately, it's a whole lot of hot air, isn't it? When the world's looking for fruitfulness, fruitfulness, fruitfulness. Psalm 92, 12. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. We are called to bear kingdom fruit, fruitfulness. It's a very powerful thing. I can't help this morning but give you a garden analogy. Is that okay? Because uh, as Karen knows, most mornings I, I have a routine. I walk out in bare feet, earth myself on our grass. It was freezing this morning and go and check my veggies. You know, give my seedlings a little pat, make sure they're okay. 
and uh, hundreds of tomato seedlings right now as we're going to have tomatoes, tomatoes out of tomatoes. It's going to be amazing. But it's an incredible thing when you begin to see fruitfulness. And then uh, we, Karen loves fruit. She eats truckloads of fruit. And so um, we've planted fruit trees galore and we go out and we can see little buds blooming and it's an incredible thing, especially when you're the one who's put it in the ground and it's actually survived. Uh, And that's an achievement, isn't it, for you gardeners? But fruitfulness, and I believe this is what the Father is like when he's looking at us and he can see those buds blossoming, blooming in our lives. He's like, wow, they're doing it. They're doing it. There's fruit coming from them. The, the, the fertilizer has worked. They've got through the tough season. They've come through the winter. And here comes the spring blossom. And this is what fruitfulness is like. This is what the Father is like when you and I are bearing kingdom fruit. When we're standing against even opposition and trials in faithfulness and we're standing in fortitude and we're saying, God, I still trust you. I'm going to trust you anyway. Above how I feel, I trust your word. You're invisible to me. I haven't heard from you in a couple of years, but I believe in you. I know you're real and I know you're in control. That is faithfulness. God loves faithfulness. Hebrews 11 talks about it, that faithfulness and how much God loves that faithfulness. And He rewards faithfulness. 1 John 5, 14, 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That is, if we ask anything, anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. This is an amazing passage. It's actually one that I still am grappling with of in believing fully. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. First thing is to find His will. Find His will for our life. If we're faithful and if we ask, He will hear us. If we're trying to find our purpose, our meaning, trying to find our voice, trying to find out what, is, what, what am I doing even amidst this storm or this doubt, then He hears that cry. He hears you asking and He will deliver. He will respond, maybe not in our time, maybe not in our way, but He is faithful. And we can have confidence approaching Him, the Heavenly Father, because the Bible says, if we ask anything according to His will, anything, absolutely 100% anything, then He hears us. Those prayers that you've been uttering for years that maybe no one knows about, He's already beginning to answer. He's already preparing the soil. He's already preparing things that we don't even know about. He's already behind the scenes bringing things to bear that we maybe are unaware of, but in His sovereign power and grace, He is already molding and shaping some of those solutions. He is faithful, he's loving, he's good, and he's always working to our benefit, even if we don't think so. So even in the silence, it can be some of the most powerful seasons of our life. Even though we may be very frustrated, we may be thinking, well, everyone else has got breakthrough, I'm not getting breakthrough. Welcome to humanity, because everyone else is thinking the same thing. Even those social media influencers who pronounce to have everything, they've still got exactly the same struggles. They've got exactly the same issues. 
Every single human being has doubts, fears, and anxieties. You're not human if you don't have those things. Because it's the human state, isn't it? We still have flesh and blood issues we've got to fight against. We still have those little inner doubts and some insecurities and issues of life that we contend with in our own mind. And this is why we need the power of God, the presence of God, the Word of God, so that we can stand strong through those times. Don't ever dismiss the silence of God. Don't dismiss His quietness as meaning He doesn't love you or He's withdrawn His hand. No, it's just in those times that he is bringing about, he's searching. I've told the story a few times. Um, our, our first version of our company, when we uh, first started out, um, you know, 15 odd years ago, no, nearly 20 years ago, actually. Uh, time flies, doesn't it? But um, anyway, was a bore, bore casing company and we sold piping for water wells. And uh, a lot of our water wells would be out for the desert regions, uh, mining regions and the towns out in North South Australia and uh, New South Wales, Western Australia. And a lot of those bores would go down eight or 900 metres. And uh, down that day, I mean, you'd go to some of the sites, you see the drill rig. The drill rig would be in the middle of nowhere. And I mean in the middle of nowhere. And you'd look at the drill rig and think, how on earth are they going to find water in this absolute desolate, barren land? Um, but, you know, they'd done the geotech work and found out there's an aquifer down there somewhere. Uh, in fact, we have an amazing one called the Great Artesian Basin under us or here, which has phenomenal, phenomenal reserves of beautiful water. And so anyway, we'd look at the drill again and sure enough, a few days later, they'd hit water and the water would be 80 or 90 degrees C, beautiful, clear, crystal clear water. And it would be shooting up out of the ground. You know, the, the rig would get absolutely covered. The drillers would get covered in water when they finally break through to the aquifer. And, and it's, it's a staggering th thing to actually see because there's so much water, it's overwhelming. And it floods the whole site of the drill site uh, because there's mud and water just flowing and pouring out of the aquifer because at that temperature, uh, and there's a lot of pressure. And it, it doesn't need pumping up. It finds its own way up. And this is exactly what God is like. Even in those barren desert places, he has an aquifer in every believer. There is an aquifer in every single one of it. It's called the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is God in us. And he's sometimes just waiting to get down to the depths of what's really inside, to bring forth an aquifer, to bring forth living water. You never know when you're going to meet someone this week, next week, next month, who desperately needs the living water inside of you. Because if you know Jesus, you have living water inside of you. It might have been sealed up for a little while because it might have been pretty, pretty quiet times in your prayer life for a while. It's like you can't hear anything. When you read the Bible, it's like reading anything else. You may feel numb. Let me tell you, the aquifer has not dried up because his reservoir is within you if you know Jesus. And don't doubt, let me tell you, it, it's a powerful, powerful force. 
He is a powerful force. And that aquifer sometimes, when we just crack through, we've been drilling long enough and we've been waiting long enough, we've been praying long enough, we've been faithful long enough, the, the reservoir that wants to come forth is incredible and it's unstoppable. Living water, it resides in every single one of us. I want to ask the worship team to come up. And um, I want to encourage you that, thank you. <laughs> I want to encourage you that he wants all of us, every single one of us, to be bearing fruit for the kingdom. The righteous man and woman will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The word of God is always pulling us forward, isn't it? It's always advancing us. Even when I read this stuff, I'm realizing there's a, there's a drawing forward to the kingdom. There's a pulling forward to the kingdom. And that's what fruitfulness is. Fruitfulness buds from the roots out and it comes forth. I want everyone to understand. Let's just lift our hands. The worship team can just begin playing. And uh, we're just going to pray and, and spend a minute just praying this morning. You might want to just let go of some stuff. You might want to uh, just, just rest in him. You might want to just let some, even some toxic thinking or some thinking either about yourself or others or situations that is not helpful. It's not godly. It hasn't been uplifting and fruitful in your life. Let it go this morning. Just, just let it all go this morning. And I want to encourage you to stand firm in Him and take a place of fortitude and of faithfulness and fruitfulness today. Whatever you've been going through, whatever you've been facing, today is a good day to recalibrate. Recalibrate. So Lord, we ask You today, we ask You today that You would... Come and fill us with rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. You would fill us with your power and presence. Holy Spirit, we say come. Wash over us today. Wash over our minds. Wash over our thinking. Wash over our behaviour. Wash over our, our, our thoughts and our actions. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We invite you to come and bring us to a fresh place of seeing who you are, of seeing your goodness, of seeing your power and presence and your faithfulness. Make us like a fruitful house, a fruitful orchard. In this region, let your fruit flow from this house in fresh new ways. Let the buds come. Let the spring buds come upon us, Lord Jesus. Even some who have been faithful for a long, long time. Lord, we pray that You would burst forth with fruit, fruit in our lives. In Jesus' Name, let it come. Thank You, Lord. Thank You for Your faithfulness, Lord. Yeah, Lord, we just, we thank You this morning. We thank you this morning. Thank you this morning, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're going to sing this song together. I just want you to lift your hands and just let go this morning in worship and spend a few minutes just basking in Him, worshipping Him. 
Maybe you don't normally do it, but just lift your hands and rejoice and fixate in on Him and let Him fill you with rivers of living water and let that life flow this morning. Thank you, Lord.